This is the very first episode of the podcast that I'm starting for this channel. I'm Jeff Kovar. I'm here to speak the truth, to edify, to encourage, and to bring new ideas to challenge you and to point you to Jesus. Um, in this video, I'm going to be talking about some of those things in this podcast. If you're listening, um, I'm going to be talking about some of the things that I've experienced in my life that have led me up to this point, that have led me up to following Jesus. And I figured what better way to start a podcast um, for the channel than to explain a little bit about who I am, a little bit of my story, how God's moved in my life, um, just so that in future episodes, when I'm speaking about certain topics, you know where I'm coming from. Um, so I just want to get right into it. Um, I'm Jeff Kovar. I'm uh, 23 years old. My birthday is in November, so I'll be turning 24 at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I live in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I grew up here. Um, I grew up skateboarding. I grew up playing the drums. I grew up making YouTube videos. Um, I always liked building with Legos. I was always creative. And um, growing up, that's just always how I was. So I, uh, I come from a family that has experienced a lot of pain, divorce, um, not just with my parents, but just pe other family members, a lot of divorce in, in uh, the family that I grew up in. Um, but growing up when my parents were still married, we would go to church. And before they were divorced, I was able to develop a, a pretty good understanding of what family is. Um, and then when they were, when they got divorced, I was able to develop, I was able to develop an even greater understanding of what family isn't. Um, I just growing up throughout my, my teenage years after my parents got divorced when I was about 12 years old, um, I could see that, you know, after failed marriages and just trials and tribulations, um, that I'd seen in my parents' life, relationships, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, stuff like that, I could see like what family wasn't. But when my parents were together, I could see what family was. I had my sister. Um, but today I have two more half siblings also, and I'm really grateful for them. But anyways, so I grew up, my parents were divorced. And in high school is about the time that I was really, really getting deeper and deeper into like leaving behind the way that I knew was right, that my parents taught me. Um, and any understanding that I had about who God was, um, I wasn't really focused on God. I was more focused on just having fun, feeling good, uh, partying, socializing, and just enjoying the moment the way that I thought enjoyment had to be, whether that was through uh, drugs, whether that was through like video games, whether that was through um, just hanging out, riding motorcycles, you know what I mean? It wasn't always super bad things, but there were some bad things in there that um, I would get deeper and deeper involved in. Um, but all through that time, there was a seed that was planted in my life from growing up, from when my family and I went to church. And that seed was the Word of God. And after years and years of my life experiencing, you know, divorce, other trials in my life. And by the way, it's my parents that got, that got divorced, not me. I didn't get divorced. I was a child. But one thing I say to people that are, you know, experiencing divorce, parents and stuff, or even to parents that have been divorced, is that, you know, the kids learn just as much about divorce as the parents do. It's just they're experiencing it in a different way. So I never have been divorced, and I don't plan on being divorced. But the thing is, is I learned a lot about what divorce is um, by seeing my parents be divorced. And I don't say this about them to put them down or to tell them how their lives are messed up. No, I'm just saying this is my life experience and I, God's used it to grow me, you know, and it's made me stronger by enduring. So, but the seed of God's word was planted in me at such a young age um, when I would go to church and stuff, I always believed in God. I always questioned certain things. I would question, not from a perspective of like, um, like needing proof for things. Um, it wasn't that I needed proof in, to believe that God was real. I could look around and see well enough that God was real. Um, it was more just that I would have questions about, you know, 
I would just be curious about what life was about. And I would say that um, growing up when I was a teenager, once my parents got divorced, is when I stopped really thinking a lot about it. And, and I wasn't like this, you know, Albert Einstein little kid that was always thinking about God when I was younger. I don't want to make it sound like I was a super godly, saintly, holy kid. You know, um, I definitely got into little fights when I was a kid, said things I shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't a like a perfect child, but um, there was a seed in my heart that was planted from going to church and from having some godly family members, specifically my grandma and my grandpa on my mom's side. Um, I always knew that they were living lives of godliness. And um, my grandpa, he, he specifically was um, a big, big impact in me thinking more about God, um, especially when he passed away because he always, he was a biker, um, but he also wasn't like fitting the mold of what a biker was or should be because he always wore super bright colors. He was always funny, animated, happy. Uh, he would always mess around, make super loud sounds, you know, um, he would sing. We went to, I remember one time when I was younger, we were at this bar and grill. I can't, I think I was out of town. You know, I, I wasn't here in Omaha. I was with my, my grandma and, um, his name was Benj, my papa Benj, my grandma, and my grandpa. Um, they live out of town, so in North Carolina. So we'd go visit them. I remember, I remember one time there was a karaoke opportunity um, when I was just with my grandparents, and uh, I think it may have been in Minnesota, the Minnesota State Fair or something. I can't remember, but I just remember my my papa Benj singing this song Sherry, and uh, I don't know if that's the name of it, but he sung it with such a high-pitched voice, and my Papa Benj wasn't a small dude, and if you didn't know him, you'd think that he wouldn't be that way, you know what I mean? But he was always kind of breaking the mold about um, what you would expect of him. He'd do something that you, like, you just wouldn't expect him to do. But he was an, a great influence in my life in knowing that, knowing that you have grandparents that believe in God, knowing that you have parents that believe in God, family members it's such an amazing way that God created family because he, he says in, in the word to raise up your children the way that they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. So, um, my parents, my grandparents probably weren't perfect at doing that, but the seed of God's word is powerful. And if it lands in the right soil, it's going to grow. And all, all that seed needs is moisture and sunlight, you know? And, um, that, that seed was in my heart growing up from a young age. So I'm not gonna I'm not trying to get stuck on this this one topic, but I I just want to explain it because I think it's important to where God's brought me. So um, I already spoke about how a little bit about how my grandpa had passed away um, growing up, and this was he passed away at the time that I was probably like a sophomore or junior in high school, and um, at this time in my life I was I was still in school and stuff. I I don't know if. I never was like dating girls a whole lot because I was a really big kid. And when my parents got divorced, I was really, really obese. And that's actually something that has impacted my life previously. Um, feeling uncomfortable, feeling insecure, things like that. Um, and then I lost a whole bunch of weight going into my senior year because I had planned on going into the Marine Corps. And it was maybe a little bit before that, that my, my grandpa had passed away. But I remember I lost a bunch of weight to go into the Marine Corps. And, um, I lost like 70 pounds. I weighed like 240 pounds. I lost 70 pounds. I was eating like six to eight meals a day, like super routine. And it was a metabolic diet that made me drop a whole bunch of weight, um, really fast, like in like three months. I can't remember the diet specifically, but it, it worked really good. Metabo metabolic diet. Um, anyways, so at this time in my life, I was partying a lot. I was drinking. I was smoking, um, doing, doing Adderall, um, doing other drugs. But I was also doing other things, too. Like, I, was, I would steal. Um, I don't know. I was just partying and stuff with my friends and just living a life like that was just careless, foolish, reckless. Um and when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, that was probably the, 
the deepest I had been in it, you know, and it wasn't until 19 that God had came in and really, really transformed me. But after my grandpa passed away, um, I keep bouncing around. So please just be patient with me. But after my grandpa passed away, I remember at his funeral, we weren't allowed to wear black at his funeral. And we had these themed shirts that were tied at every single color of the rainbow on the shirt. And the shirt said, tag, you're it. And the theme of that funeral was basically saying, hey, Papa Benj lived a godly life. He lived a life that embodied Christ. He lived a life imitating Christ. He lived a life that um, is admirable and imitatable. And he did it. Now it's your turn. Tag, you're it. And I remember my Nana, my or my grandma, I call her Nana. But I remember at that funeral, um, she came up and shoved me. And she said, tag, you're it. And I don't know why, but I remember like getting shoved by her. Like that tag actually, like I actually got tagged, you know? And uh, it was like a spiritual tag, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that God will transform your life through a tag, but I remember that moment. And I remember um, it was... I, I went to the funeral in like North Carolina and I flew back to Omaha and I continued living my life, you know? So I lost a bunch of weight going into the Marine Corps and I'm still partying and doing drugs and um, trying to figure out life. Right when I'm about to graduate high school, I'm planning on going to the Marine Corps, you know, at my high school graduation. They're like, hey, anybody that's uh, planning on going into the military, please stand up um, to be recognized. And me and, you know, a few other students stood up and like, that was my plan. I was going to go be a Marine and I had been training. Like I lost a bunch of weight. So, um, at that time I suffered an injury and I tore my rotator cuff, my right rotator cuff. This was when I was 18. I tore it in March of 2016. That was the year that I graduated high school. So I tore it right before graduation and I was supposed to be going out of, out to boot camp in the summer of 2016. Well, after talking with the recruiters and stuff like that, we, we came to the conclusion that it would, it, it would just be best for me to go to community college, go to school, um, and put that, that dream or that, um, that aspiration to be in the Marines, put that to the side. So I started going to community college, and um, that was probably when I just got the most lost in life, where I got to the point where I'm like, what am I even living for? Because not going into the Marine Corps was challenging for me. And I was like, man, like, I guess I'm, you know, because there's all this pride built up and all this honor that you're looking for in life, this purpose. And I'm like, I'm going to be a Marine. I'm going to have honor. I'm going to have pride. People are going to look up to me. People are going to respect me, you know. And God's created us all with that desire to have that purpose, you know, in our hearts. But I was looking for it in the Marine Corps or something like that. So one of the key things to this um, story is that in the Marine Corps, before I suffered my injury, I stopped drinking and smoking to train, and so I could pass all the drug tests and stuff like that. And I was on like the straight and narrow, you know what I mean? And I was still in school and stuff, so I wasn't partying and drinking every single day and stuff. Maybe I would drink a little bit. But once I tore my rotator cuff, I started drinking and smoking again. And I kind of just was like, I'm not going back into the Marine Corps, this and that. And I was just like, whatever. And around this time, I was working at Godfather's Pizza and I was making pizza dough. Um, and I enjoyed that job, actually. But yeah, I would go in there, sometimes drunk. I would smoke. I was super addicted to nicotine. I would always vape, sometimes smoke cigarettes. I wasn't a big time cigarette smoker, but sometimes I would, you know, and I remember it was going into 2016 into 2017. That's when I started to, that seed that God had planted in my life, the seed of God's word that had been in my life for eight, 19 years at that point, it started to po poke through the soil. And when the seed of God's word comes, starts to erupt out of the soil, it is the most powerful transformative thing that you will ever experience in your life is when the seed of God's word actually starts to grow. So there's many people that have gone to church and we're going to church like I did, you know, and you're going to church, you're doing church things, you know, but there's no real transformation in your life. It's just a thing you do. It's just a, you know, it's just church Sunday morning, you know, 
don't want to get too invested. I'm just going so my mom is happy or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but this was a whole different thing because I wasn't going to church at this time. You know, my high school years, I wasn't going to church. And this seed in my heart started to be, what's the word? I know that there's certain processes for when you plant seeds, like the shell breaks down, enzymes are released, nutrients start getting brought in, and energy is being focused on growing roots and eventually popping out to get sunlight and to grow more. Well, some kind of enzyme release, spiritually speaking, was happening under that soil because I was like, in 2017, beginning of 2017, I was faced with the reality that I uh, didn't know who I was. And um, I had been kind of struggling with this for um, between 2016 and 2017, where... um, I just realized in a lot of ways I had been lying to people and not on purpose, but I had just found myself wanting to appeal to all these people groups that I had, my friend group, my girlfriend at the time, my parents, I wanted everyone to be happy. And I wasn't ever like a, I never looked at myself as a people pleaser, but it was just a thing I found myself in where I'm like, okay, you know, I have an identity with my friends and I want to keep that, that image going. Uh, I have an identity with my girlfriend. I want to keep that image going. And same with my parents. My parents was kind of a mix. They're like, we know our son kind of does some bad things, but we also know he's a good kid. So um, that was something that was really hard for me to to understand. It was like, how did I find myself in that place where I'm just kind of like drifting along, doing whatever, um, doing whatever my friends are doing, doing whatever my girlfriend's doing. You know what I mean? Just when did I find myself just being being this idea of who I thought I was, like this image that I thought I had of who I am, the funny guy, the the one who drinks, who smokes, who parties, the nice boyfriend, the good kid, you know, all these things. And I came to a point where I realized I was lying to myself by doing this. I was deceiving myself. I was, I thought it was going to lead to life. I thought it was going to make me happy living this way. Um, You know, for about a year and a half into my the relationship that I was in, my girlfriend didn't even know that I was smoking or drinking, you know, um, or vaping. Um, she knew I was drinking and stuff, but she didn't know I was smoking or vaping. And, and I remember one day I came clean to her. I was like, hey, I can't, this is on my heart. I can't deal with this, like hiding this from you. I'm not trying to be a liar. I'm not trying to be fake, you know? And um, I basically came clean to her and that was pretty, pretty, rough, you know, but we stayed together and stuff. And I was trying to like, like, quote unquote, clean up my life, you know. And that was the beginning of 2017, where I it just, it started getting super, the conviction of was real. And I would say that it was the Holy Spirit convicting me of sin. Um, I had it, I, I don't remember receiving the Holy Spirit when I was younger, but I knew that the Holy Spirit was real. I know there's some people even in Scripture, in the book of Acts that didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. They heard about water baptism. They heard about Jesus. They heard about the Father, but they didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I knew the Holy Spirit was real. I, heard, I had heard Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but I didn't know what that meant, what what the reality of that meant for believers today. But looking back on that time, I, I realized, you know, it says that... Um, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. And I just remember the seed of God's word started to grow in me. And I was like, I can't stand going and drinking, going to getting drunk, going and trying to get high and stuff. And then going with my girlfriend and like trying to not do any of those things. And it was this thing where I was just like, I started praying more. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like in my room and I'm like, God, I don't want to do these things if, if you don't want me to do them. You know what I mean? Like in the back of my head, I know he doesn't want me to do them, but I'm like, God, help me to not do these things. Help me to not smoke weed. I don't want to do it anymore. You know, I want to stop, but I can't. I have, I, I keep doing it. I throw my vape out the window. My friends are like, what the heck are you doing? And uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to quit, you know? And then next thing you know, I'm vaping, using their vapes and stuff. So this all came to a really big breaking point. Um, and this was like the test of the seed truly taking root and beginning to bear fruit. And um, the breaking point was when I 
told my friends, I said, hey, I'm going to take a break from smoking, from drinking, um, from just doing those things, still hang out, you know, I'm going to take a break from those things. Um, and whenever I do start again, my tolerance for those things will be a lot lower. So it'll be a win-win because I'll have time to think about what I want to do with my life, but I'll also be able to get way more high, you know, when I come back and start doing those things with you guys again. Now, it was kind of, I don't, I, I don't know really why I chose to do it that way, but I, all I knew is I wanted to distance myself, not from my friends, but from those things, because I had realized I had built up an identity on those things and they were deceiving me and uh, keeping it hidden from like who I really was. So I quit doing those things. And then the breaking point was really, really when like my friends had stopped asking me to hang out. I stopped hearing from my friends. Um, I stopped like, I mean, I wasn't going to say, hey, are you trying to go smoke? Because I wasn't trying to go smoke but they knew I wasn't going to go smoke, you know, and hang out with them. Um, so they, and I don't blame them, but they were just like, Jeff's not going to smoke. That's what we're going to go do. So why would we invite him? Makes sense. You know, not even mad at them for that. But it was kind of this thing where I'm like, dang, dude, like even my friends that I thought that I had, like our relationship is centered on getting high. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want my relationship with my friends to be centered on that, you know? I want a, I want friendship that lasts longer and is greater than the temporary pleasures of this world because a true friend is there when things are hard, not just when you're high and happy and jumping around, but a true friend is one that lays their life down for you and bears their burdens. And there was like aspects of that in the friendships that I had, but I just, it was, a, it was something that I, I started thinking about. I was like, are these real friends, you know? And, um, so I had been working at Godfather's Pizza, like I said, at this time. And Wednesdays were my only days off. Um, and whenever my, whenever I had my day off, that's when I would go usually hang out with my friends and stuff. So I wasn't drinking and smoking. Um, I was a little hurt that they weren't asking me to hang out. But I would still go and, like, ride motorcycles and just, like, spend time with them. But I wasn't, like, smoking weed and doing stuff like that. Well, when I took this break from doing those things, smoking and drinking, I told my I, I, my friends knew I wasn't going to do those things. My mom, my mom had actually been asking me to come to a church class with her for about a year. She had been asking me every single Wednesday to come to come with her to church. And I, I didn't want to, I wanted to go smoke and drink, you know, and party and hang out with my friends. Well, at this time in my life, I am not drinking and smoking. And my mom asks me, you know, faithful, faithful mom praying for me. She's like, hey, Jeffrey, I'll never, she's like, I'll never ask you to go again. Just come one time. I would love for you to come on Wednesday. I'd love for you to meet Pastor Don. You're going to love him. Uh, he has a kingdom class. And, you know, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go. And so I, I, I don't have work on Wednesday. I'm going to this church class on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. And uh, long story short, I was hearing the most basic understanding of what the gospel of the kingdom meant. And it challenged my understanding of who God was um, through a Christian perspective. Because I had a Christian perspective. I was like, Jesus died for my sins. I believe in Jesus. You know, and that was my, that was the depth of my faith. I believe in Jesus. I choose him. You know, when I die, I'm going to pick Jesus. So, but I come with the gospel. I come to this class to my mom. And they're talking about the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I... <laughs> I realize there's a lot more to who God is and to what he actually came to accomplish when sending Jesus to the earth. Because um, it says Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. So I was there sitting in this class and I was just perfect time to hear these things. And he was telling me things. He was on the class things like, hey, Jesus says to obey his commandments. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, I don't obey God. I'm disobedient. I sin. You know, I must not love God because if I did, I would do what he says, you know. And I was like, and, but in the back of my head, I'm like, but I want to love God. You know, I don't I want to I want to put him first. I want to put anything else aside to 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 love God, you know. And they also said in that class, um, you know, be sober minded. The, the devil, your adversary roams around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. 
like be on guard, be alert, stay sober minded, be alert. And in my head, I just had like a really innocent understanding of what that meant. But I was like, maybe the reason I don't know God is because I'm never sober. I'm always high. I'm always drinking. I'm always drunk, you know? And I wasn't like, it wasn't drunk to the point where I was like an alcoholic, but I would be drinking and driving and stuff, you know, I'm just reckless. I'm like, maybe the reason I don't know God is because like, I'm just always drunk or high, you know? And I was just having these really, really basic understanding, this, this really, really crazy uh, paradigm shift in the way I was understanding who God was. And he even said in that class, um, he quoted the scripture that Jesus said where he says, uh, many will come, come to me on that day and say, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do your will? Did we not pray for the sick? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not raise the dead? Did we not prophesy? And in that scripture, Jesus says, he says, depart from me. I don't know you. You can do all these things. You can be about the uh, quote-unquote Christian life. You can say you believe in me. But even the demons believe, and they tremble at the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And I'm sitting in this class. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm no more than a, like, I'm, my faith is no greater than a, de- a demon. I can say, Lord, Lord, I love you. I love you. And God's like, if you love me, do my will, <laughs> like be obedient to me. But if not, don't say you love me. And I'm like, I'm in this class and I'm so convicted. I'm like, oh my gosh. And this was a Wednesday and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like I have, Jesus said, like, you must, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and carry your cross and be crucified with me, you know? And, uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, am I really, have I really been choosing myself? Have I been really choosing the world over God my whole life? I didn't realize I was doing that. And, um, I just, I walked away from that class and I was like, I knew one thing. I knew that I needed to respond to God. I had realized that the gospel was the power of God and the salvation. And that doesn't, you don't just say, Oh, I believe. And then just go keep living your life and just do whatever. No, you you show that you believe. Your faith without work is dead. And I was like, and it, the Holy Spirit, like the conviction that he brings, he gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases God. And so I'm like having the desire to do the will of God, which is totally contrary to what just carnal flesh and blood wants. The word, the, in the Bible, it says in Romans, that the flesh lusts after the spirit, that those two, the spirit and the flesh are opposite. They do not want anything to do with each other because the flesh contradicts, like the flesh, the sin nature contradicts the nature of the spirit and vice versa. And so I just knew that I needed to respond to the gospel in faith, in obedience to God. So what did I do? I went and got drunk and partied on Friday after that class. And that wasn't the right way to respond to the gospel. But you can imagine the conviction that set in when I realized how much God had loved me and all of the sin that I was walking in when I was just laying there, throwing up, looking in the stars, thinking, why am I doing this still? I'm like a dog returning to his vomit. What what am I doing? So I... I, uh, I was drunk and high that night with my friends. It was basically like me coming back, you know, like, oh, Jeff's back from the dead. He's back to party. He's at back to drink and smoke, whatever. And um, so there I am laying in a field outside my work, looking up in the stars. And that's when I realized I'm done living this life. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't even fun anymore. Like, I don't I don't want to be drunk and high and be throwing up. I want to know God. I can know God because that's why he sent his son to save us, to bring us into communion with him. If Jesus is is fulfilled by the father, we're created in the image of God, which is Jesus. Then I'm created to be fulfilled by the father. I was having these really innocent childlike thoughts that I believe it was the Holy Spirit teaching me was saying, hey, you can know God and it's up to you. Choose, choose this day whom you're going to serve. So that, that night I was pretty paranoid about dying and going to hell because I was like, God already preached the gospel to me. You know what I mean? I already heard the gospel. If I die tonight, I can't say I never heard. I can't, never, I can't say I never truly understood the basic understanding of 
what responding to the gospel is and what living a life of faith was, because I learned a lot about that in the gospel of the kingdom class on that Wednesday night. So I go home that night. I have my friends drive me home because I'm pretty drunk and high. And normally I wouldn't care to drive drunk home. But that night I was kind of paranoid because I was high, too. And I was like, can you guys please take me home? Like my heart was palpitating. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I go home that night and I'm praying in my bed. I'm saying, God, I'm having these thoughts run through my mind, too. Right. I'm having the thoughts like. I'm having thoughts like, you know, you're going to wait. You're not going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to be dead. You're going to be cold and stiff. And your dad's going to walk down. He's going to find you there. And you're going to be, you'll be no different than a body that's ready to go into a casket and be buried. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the oldest in, of all my siblings. I have, I, have a bro, I have a half brother, a half sister. I have my full sister, Haley. They're all my full siblings to me. Like, I don't, I don't have favoritism. I'm like, oh, Haley's my full blood sister. But I have my younger uh, half-siblings and then my younger sister, Haley. And then I also have three step-siblings. And on top of that, I have a whole family that knows me. You know what I mean? And I'm the, I'm the oldest and un, from my parents. And I'm thinking, great, my dad's going to find me dead. He's going to have to say to all my siblings, hey, your brother's dead. I'm like, oh, my gosh, no, I don't want to, like, leave. I don't want the footsteps that I created in my life to just lead to death. And... Um, I was just, I just prayed, I prayed to God that night. I said, God, if you wake me up in the morning, I'm going to live for you. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm not going to live to do my will. I'm going to live for you. So I go to sleep and I wake up the next day. I'm sober. What do you know? God created us. Even if we get drunk and high, he, it brings us back to sobriety because he wants us to know him. So I'm like, okay, I can know God. And the most basic understanding that I had of what what I was going to be doing was I was going to be putting on Christ and I was going to be bearing the image of God, which was Christ. So that day I was like, okay, today I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to lust. I'm not going to watch porn. I'm not going to do these things in my life. And it was amazing because I didn't read this in the Bible and it's saying, thou shalt not do this. I'm not reading this stuff and I'm like, okay, God, I want to be allegiant to, I want to declare allegiance to the code of your law. I'm like, no, I was like, hey, these things in my life, I don't want them anymore because they're not the image of God. I want to bear the image of God and I want to do it cheerfully and willfully and with everything that I can, you know? So that day I put, I was putting on Christ, so to speak. And um, I knew God was pleased, not because of my works or my actions, but because I was bearing his image. And I, uh, I, it was, I was fulfilled and, and empowered to walk in that because I knew how much God was pleased with me. And I was, even more than that, I was knowing how much he was pleased with me and knowing how much he loved me even when I was still in sin, even when I still wasn't bearing that image. He loved me so much, and he's like, Jeffrey, I have so much put plan planned for you that I have planned for you before the foundation of the world, and um, that plan is to reveal Christ to you, and I was like, wow, this is it. This is living the life. This is living a life of godliness, so I lived that day. I, I think I was praying. I, I was reading my Bible and stuff. I told myself, I was like, okay, I got to read the Bible, but I'm not going to start in Genesis. I'm not going to start in the Old Testament. I was like, I need to know who Jesus is. I need to know what Jesus says. I've lived my life here and what people have told me about Jesus. I've lived my life calling myself a Christian. But today I need to read and I need to find out what Jesus actually says. So I was like, instead of reading the book of Genesis, first book of the Old Testament, I'll read the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. And I started reading the words of Jesus and it was like, it was like milk and honey and life and sweetness and refreshment. And it was living. It was powerful. And my heart was so open and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, Jesus, it was Jesus just speaking right to me. Any question, anything I had on my heart, I wasn't there like 
like, oh, uh, is this scripture accurate? Uh, is this uh, have historical accuracy? Uh, da, da, da. You know, I'm not over there to disprove the Bible. I'm here saying, God, I believe this is your word. I believe that if you are God and you could have revealed yourself anyway and you decided to do it this way and to leave records of the life of Christ on the earth, if you decided to leave that through a book or many books in the Bible, you did it for a reason. And I believe that this is your word and I'm going to believe it. So I'm reading about Jesus. I'm reading, I read the whole book of Matthew that day. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. The next day I woke up and I was like, I was like, uh, dang, if I could live for God yesterday, but not today, I'm a hypocrite. And that day was the day I knew I was living for Jesus the rest of my life. No turning back. I was like, I can't go back. I've already like come to God saying, God, I can live. I want to live for you and I walk in holiness and righteousness. And it was amazing. God transformed me. He made me new. And the, the, the sin that I was in, the old image that I was walking in, it fell away. It had no power. And then I remember, I remember, um, I started going to these church activities. I started going to like classes and I started going to, um, like, like they had these village in life group meetings and stuff where they would just talk about the Bible and pray and stuff. It was super chill. And, um, I was going and that, that was what I was, I was starting to do that instead of going to hang out with my friends a lot. And, um, I remember one time we were gathered at my mom's house and, uh, there was a brother in Christ that I met there named Joe Haggerty. I can't remember if I had been baptized yet because I know that I got baptized. It was on my heart to get baptized because in scripture it says, what must we do to be saved? And Peter says, he preached the whole gospel and then he says, it says it cut them to the heart. They're like, what must we do to be saved? He says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So I knew I was like, I, I want to get baptized. I want to die to sin. I want to like prophetically be buried with Christ, be crucified with Christ and like make it known that I am carrying my cross, denying myself and desiring to live a life of love, bearing the bearing one another's burdens and um, living a life of faith that's pleasing to God. So I can't remember when this was, but I remember I was gathered at my mom's house and there was a brother in Christ named Joe. And uh, he, he was there praying, and he was praying in tongues. And I, I had heard that when I was a kid before. And he's praying in tongues, and I'm just sitting there praying, you know. And um, I'm just praying, you know, like got my head closed or whatever. And uh, I kept looking up at him. And what he was praying, I mean, I didn't know what he was saying. No one knew what he was saying. He didn't know what he was saying. It's a prayer of faith and it's communion with God. And I was like, I was like, and, and my like super immature understanding, just young, like innocent understanding. I was like, he's praying some ancient Hebrew language. That's so cool. You know what I mean? Um, but in my heart, I was like, I want to pray in tongues. And like, as soon as someone said, amen, and we we're done with that prayer, we look up and I'm just like looking around and I'm, I'm like trying not to look at Joe. Cause I was like, that was cool. And uh, he looks right at me and he says, he's like, Jeffrey, he's like, you want to pray in the spirit, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. And they just they, they showed me in scripture where Jesus talks about asking for the Holy Spirit. No, and he says that the father will not give you a piece like a, he won't give you a rock or like a snake. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you what you ask for. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so they just, they just had me walk through like a prayer to ask God. And I was like, God, I was like, I ask you for your Holy Spirit. And uh, there's some experiences that people have where they just break out in tongues. And for me, I didn't have that experience. And I could have been like, oh, I didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, I guess none of this is real. Oh, da, da, da. I could have made any excuse with my human wisdom and I could have been like, oh, God's not real. I quit. I don't want to read my Bible. I'm going to go get drunk. No, I didn't even do that. I was like, you know what? I believe that I have the Holy Spirit because if God says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, I want to give it to you. I'm not going to deny it from you. Then I believe in faith that he gave it to me. Well, tell me how. I'm in my room just praying 
and I'm like really, really seeking God. And I'm, I'm starting to pray in tongues at home. Yeah, it was amazing. And since then, for four years, I've been praying in tongues, not like nonstop, but like praying in the spirit, singing in the spirit. It's like, it's communion with God, fellowship, prayers that are given to God that are the perfect will of God. And like it's intercession and it's also like stirring up the river inside of you. And um, it's amazing. It's so freeing. It's so life-giving. It's like the only way I can describe it is just like a river of life flowing, like bubbling up within you. And um, it was amazing. So basically, though, I, I received the Holy Spirit. I'm, I know I've been made holy and pure by the blood of Jesus. I know that I've died to sin, and I know that I've put on Christ. And now I'm walking empowered by the Spirit of God to live, the, the, to walk in the newness of life. And that was it for me. And that was that was two, that was summer of 2017. It was actually like four years ago, like this month. And I made this podcast because I figured, you know, I've acquired a lot of understanding. I've matured a lot. I know how to make YouTube videos. I know how to do technology stuff like this. And scripture calls us to be productive and useful with our knowledge of God. And I'm not making this podcast or making any future podcast because I want to be a teacher or because I want to tell people why I'm right and they're wrong. That's not what I want to do. I want to live my life in sincerity and humility and just let my fruit show. And whether I'm t speaking about the truth or whether I'm whether I'm speaking something that sounds more educational or, or teaching-like, it's not to build myself up because the word says knowledge puffs up and it can create pride, but it says love edifies. So everything that I'm doing in this podcast is out of love and to, to just show, hey, this is how to follow Jesus. This is what he's called us to do. This is the life he's called us to live. And so I remember that that was it for me. And that's that began the walk of, of my life in Christ. And God has been faithful to keep me in him. The, the cares and the things of this world never choked out the seed that finally took root and finally sprouted in my heart. And um, it was amazing. So I'm, since then, I've been following Jesus. Um, now, there's a couple more things I want to share about in this podcast before I end it. Now, if you've listened to this far, you're about to listen to one of the one of my favorite parts about this. Now, that whole story that I just told you is always going to be my favorite. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like that's secondary. Like, if that never happened, I wouldn't be following Jesus. But there's things that I've learned along the way since I followed Jesus that have had dramatic impacts on my life. And one thing I want to talk about is what it was like when I started being an intern at the church that I was at. So I, I was going to this church for about a year. I, I became an intern at the church. And um, I, for, for me, all I knew was, like, I want to be a pastor. I have a desire for God. I have a desire to build people up. And I want to use what I've learned and acquired to edify people, to build people up, to encourage people, all that. So I'm like, I'm going to be a pastor. And um, the church that I was at had a program for being an intern and for um, going to an online school, online university. So I started, you know, it was a church I was already involved in, and I started going there, and I started being an intern. So I'm there every day of the week, um, except for Friday and Saturday. Um, but I was there. I was, a, I was a drummer at the church. I'm doing video. I'm doing editing. Um, anything that you could think of that goes on at a church except for, like, major decisions I was there doing stuff like that, and it was a really good learning experience. Um, but what I want to speak about was there was a pastor there, and his, his name was Pastor Don. He was the same one that taught the kingdom class, and he was always talking about this book called Pagan Christianity. And I'm like six months into this internship that started in um, 2018, so it was probably about 2019 at the time when I started to read this. But he's always talking about this book called Pagan Christianity. And he's always telling me, he's like, bro, he's like, you read that book, it's going to mess you up, man. And so 
I'm like, give it to me. Let, let me read it. And I'm still pretty young in faith. You know, I've matured a lot, but at the same time, I'm learning, I'm learning like basic life skills at this time. Like I'm still like 20 years old. I'm young, 20, 21 years old at this time. And, uh, so he actually told me, he was like, no, he's like, you're not ready to read this book. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And so I'm, I'm doing school. I'm going, I'm doing all the church stuff, doing the activities, church camps, all these things, you know? And I remember, and, and for people that are listening to this, that know me, I say this with love. I don't say this to bash anyone. I don't say this to put people down, to tell you, like I said, I don't, I'm not making this video to say I'm right. You're wrong. That's not why I'm making this video. I'm, I'm just here to tell you what I've learned and how God has showed me to follow him. Cause the, the word says that the spirit of God will be our teacher. So, um, the thing is, is I was there and in the middle of like this internship, I kept having these questions popping through my mind. Like, is this really like, is this it? Is this all like, is this really what Jesus wants us to be doing? Is just having these programs, having these classes, having music, having all these things that are not bad things. They're not bad things at all. There's nothing wrong with them. But I was like, is there something more specific that God's wanting us to do? Is there something more focused, something more um, unclouded or not drowned out by all these other activities we're doing? And I would have those questions, but I wasn't, I didn't know. I, I was clueless. I was like, um, well, whatever. And like, I would just keep going about my day, you know? Well, time came, time came along maybe six, seven, eight months into the internship and I finally got my hands on this book, Pagan Christianity. I go home and I start reading it. I read maybe 110 pages. Like four, I read for like four hours. Um, that says something about my reading speed at the time. But I read, uh, it's super rich, super historically in depth. Like this author, his name's Frank Viola. He goes into the history of the church. He goes into the history um, and the roots of the church. He talks about like the organic expression of the spirit of God, of the seed of the word of God. You know, if you plant the word of God, the seed into the dirt and it grows, what does it look like? Does it look like a building that pops up, you know, and now we got worship music, coffee, um, classes, all these things. Or does it look like gathering together, loving one another, having family, having unity? It may not be as big. It may not be as flashy, but you're in unity. There's no one gathered together where you're like, um, is this person even saved? Does this person need deliverance? Is this person even here to know God? Is this person, uh, this person's gifted? Like they could be being productive and useful in many different ways besides just sitting here at the church. So I'm having these questions. So I start reading this book and it goes in depth to every church practice beginning from the birth of the church. Um, and I, I stopped reading the book after about 110 pages and I was like, dude, what? And I, I just, I remember I kept going, I kept being an intern because I'm here and I'm not trying to cause division. I'm here and I'm not trying to be like, Hey, we're doing everything wrong and we need to start doing it right. Do it my way. That's not what I was there to do, but I was there saying like, what are we doing? You know, I was still like convinced like, Hey, I'd, I've learned some things and I believe that there is a more organic, simple way to follow Jesus. And there's, there's a life to be lived in Christ that's edifying, that's full, that's not lacking. Um, but that's more simplified, I guess you could say it was just simplified. And, uh, I didn't even finish that book that year. Like I didn't even finish it. I just, I was, I remember, um, I remember this was another one of those moments that I that stuck with me is like I was a volunteer in the mornings on Sundays. I mean, I was an intern, but I was still I mean, I was basically a volunteer like as an intern. That's what I was. I was like I was going to school. But the cool thing was that the church was providing housing for me. So like in that way, I was being taken care of and in a sense paid. But I wasn't taking like a, a paycheck for being an intern, but they still took care of me, which was amazing. And it was God's provision. And I'm grateful for every single pastor and person that was there at that church and that still is there because some of them might be watching this. But basically, I um, I remember one morning we're having this like the volunteer 
circle prayer, and we're praying, you know, just that the people that come in, that they would be ministered to, that people would hear what they need to hear, that the, that the will of God would be done, that the sermon would be on point, you know, just that everything about a church experience would go good and that God would move and that people would be transformed. You know, we're, we're praying one of those prayers, which I loved praying, you know. So, but that day was probably a bad day to choose me to do the prayer because they would have the interns lead the prayer and they would pick a different intern each week and they picked me that day. And I remember they, they picked me and I started crying in the middle of the prayer. And I was like, it's like, God, <laughs> I don't know how to r- describe it, but I just, I started crying and I was basically saying, God, we want to do what you want. We don't want to do what we want. We're not here to, to build our own kingdom. We're here to build your kingdom. I'm just like going in and it's not, it's like I blacked out. No one else is there. I'm just praying before God. And, uh, I started crying and I like went into the sanctuary when I was done with it and I was just crying. And one of my friends came up to me. He's like, bro, are you okay? And I was just like, I'm just like looking up and I'm just being real with you guys. I, um, I was looking around at all the cameras, the screens, ever the pews, the chairs, the stage, everything. And I was like, I was like, what are we doing here? I was like, what are we doing? And, um, I couldn't really express myself at that time either. And like to the, the depth of what was going on in me and me. But basically I just knew that there was more to following Jesus than going to a church, like going to the building and creating this production and this experience for people to be satisfied. And I realized it was more of a consumer type thing in the sense of like, you want the people that are coming to be pleased and to keep coming to your church. But I was like, have my head in my head. I'm like, are the, are people here going from immaturity to maturity? Are the people here that aren't saved choosing if they want to follow Jesus or choosing to not follow Jesus? Um, are people even be, becoming disciples of Jesus? You know, like these were some serious questions that I was having and I decided I was going to stick out that year at that internship to, to honor and respect the, the pastors, the other interns and the people that were going to that church. I'm not here. I'm not here trying to cause division or be a thorn or anything. But I just was like, I knew I'm not going to be an intern after this year, and that led me to going to Texas, because I I had an understanding. I was like, you know, whatever I'm not learning here, I'm going to go learn somewhere else, and so I left and I went to Lifestyle Christianity, big evangelism school, focused on outreach, focused on intimacy with God, focused on the love of God, focused on righteousness, and um, it was. It was pretty amazing, but I left there realizing still too that that it wasn't it, like lifestyle Christianity was an amazing school, and I met amazing people there. I met I made a lot of friendships there that are going to be lifelong friendships now. But I walked away from that realizing too that there was um, there was an aspect of it that was first of all there was a lot of students there. And you can't know everyone and you can't develop solid unity and, and love for one another when some people are leaving, moving back to where they're from, you know, and like it was just a difficult place to, to grow roots when everything's kind of constantly changing. And I was just I started to learn about the fruitfulness of what it would be to have a smaller fellowship, but you're united. You're on the same page about preaching the gospel, about making disciples, about speaking the truth about living a life of sincerity, a life that's pure, undefiled, blameless, spotless, working a job with your hands, you know, like you're living a normal life, but like you're not here to do your will. You're here to do the will of God. And um, I ended up moving back from Texas. And since then, um, it's just been house fellowship. It's been getting together, breaking bread. It's been getting together, singing, reading the word, um, Today, my brother in Christ was moving um, into his apartment. So we got together and we're moving his apartment and stuff, moving all the things into it. Um, But basically, in Scripture, it talks about when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the believers community began to assemble. They gathered together in each other's homes and broke bread and, and prayed and made intercession. And they lived with they had sincere hearts and they were fellowshipping 
and um, preaching the gospel. You know what I mean? And um, I just see that in scripture, and I'm like, you know, if that was the most organic, more most sincere, most like undefiled um, byproduct of the spirit of God being poured out, of the gospel being preached, I was like, I want to live that. I want to walk in that. And so, like I said, I'm sharing this because this is this is my story. I'm not going to lie and be like, you know, saying things that aren't even true to me. But I'm genuinely convinced that walking with like-minded believers in unity, even if that means it's a smaller fellowship, um, I'm convinced that it's more fruitful. And I'm convinced that anyone else that would that would be discipled, that would come into that community like we've had, um, is in an is in a really great environment to grow because the ways that they need to be encouraged in Christ, they, it can be addressed immediately to them. And you don't have to hope that a sermon might cover what their needs are, what they're wondering or what they need, any trial they're facing. But anytime we gather, it's just, Hey, what, what are you going, like, what are you going through? Are things good? You know, are we just here and just enjoying the truth that we're in? Or like, do you need encouragement today? Like, do you need to know the truth? Do you need to be reminded of the truth? Do we need to stir one another up? And um, that's where I'm at right now. That's that's the life that I'm living is house fellowship, going, preaching the gospel. Um, whether I'm at work, I've been sharing the gospel a whole lot with a lot of my coworkers. And, um, but even if I'm just out and about, you know, like I don't tell every single person I see about Jesus. But when an opportunity is presented... I take it, and um, it's good. It's really good. But anyways, so I'm here in Omaha. I'm about to wrap up this podcast because we're coming on about one hour, and I was actually going for about an hour, um, shooting for an hour. But anyways, my wife and I have just moved into our apartment. Um, We've been working, and that's been it. We've been just getting together with our brothers and sisters in Christ um, desiring, desiring to make disciples, desiring to be single-eyed on Jesus, desiring to keep our hearts postured in a place where, when the what the the spirit and the flesh that we're submitting to the spirit and that the thoughts of the flesh, the thoughts of the carnal mind, the thoughts of the old man that was buried in baptism, that those things we're not submitting to. Because the truth about what Jesus truly did was that He saved us from sin. So that we, just as he died to sin, it says in Hebrews that that the death that he died, he died to sin. He he knew no sin. He's sinless, Lamb of God. It says that he took the sin on and bore the sins of many. He took on every transgression. He was lashed in the back, 39 lashes, pierced in his hands and feet, spit on, mocked, beaten, bruised, slapped, crown of thorns placed on his head. He did all that and took our sin on him and it was crucified and buried under the ground. And the spirit of God rose him from the grave on the third day. And now he's seated at the right hand of God, which is the fulfillment of God's promise to give David, uh, give David a descendant um, that would sit on the throne of David and his kingdom will last forever and his body shall not rot in the grave. And that's Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the fulfillment of every promise that God had made. And how he he said, Jesus said, I am the stairway. I am, I am the I am Jacob's ladder. The stairway, the ladder that Jacob saw going up where the angels are going up and down. He says, I'm that. He says, I am the like conversion. I'm the convergence of heaven and earth. I am knowing me is eternal life. Knowing God is eternal life. And I have come to bear the true image of what it is to live life and glory to God and honor to God and righteousness. And what Jesus actually did was he he made a way for us to enter into that righteousness and to enter into that rest, the promised rest of God. And that comes by dying to sin. That comes by dying to this world. That comes by denying yourself. And it goes against everything that this world system would teach us build your life, build your own kingdom, be successful, leave a legacy, like do what you want to do, be yourself, you know, like love yourself, all these things that are sensual and self-focused. And Jesus is saying, hey, anybody can enter into my kingdom, but the one thing that is going to prevent you from entering in 
is yourself. So the self has to be crucified and buried. And if you will submit to me, if you desire to follow me and be my disciple, you must be cru- you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Now, when Peter preached the gospel, this is after Jesus ascended and he told Peter and his disciples go into the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. He preaches the gospel and the people say, what must we do to be saved? And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So why do, why do we get baptized? Why do we, what's that for? Paul wrote, Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20, uh, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And that life of faith is like God is only pleased by faith. And so we don't yet see the full image. We don't yet see the full maturity of what we've been made into now that we've put off the old image and the old man and its sinful nature has died and we're now rise to new life. For those people that have been baptized and have followed Jesus and have truly committed themselves to the Lord, we don't fully yet see with a with a 4K image, you know, of what what we're actually becoming. But like we're being renewed every single day more and more into that image. What Jesus made a way for us to do is to die to the old nature, the corrupt image, the sinful image, to die to that, to not live to it anymore, to die to being a slave of sin and to become a slave of righteousness and and to be declared righteous in the eyes of God, to say, I have, I can wake up and I can say, Jesus, thank you that I have peace with you, that you've made me holy, that you have shed your blood abroad in my heart. And now the spirit that you've given me cries out, Father, Abba, I know I'm so loved. I know that I'm seen as treasured, as as the, the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's how I see myself because that's how I see the Father. So I just... I just want to encourage you guys, following Jesus is a lot more than we know. It's a lot more than I know. It's a lot more than, there's a lot to learn. And I just want to encourage you that I'm going to, I'm going to continue to make videos like this and speak on things like this. It might not be totally hundred percent focused on like a spiritual experience every time. It might be something else, but I wanted to make this video to give you guys a picture and just like a peek at where I'm at in life and where God's brought me from and the development that I've, that I've made along the way and following Jesus. And, um, so yeah, the truth is that we can die to the old nature. We can come alive to God. We can be forgiven and set free and everything that Jesus is, we can become we can put him on and wear him and walk in him and live by him, live through him. And um, it says no one's ever seen God, but whoever loves, God abides in him. And um, it says that God doesn't live in a temple made by human hands. And this is going to come against a lot of people's theology understanding, but like in church buildings, when people talk about welcome to the house of the Lord, my understanding is that like that person is talking about, yeah, I know that they're saying the building that we're in, but I'm like, you know what? We're gathered as the temple of God and it's the people that are here that are the house of the Lord, not a temple made by human hands. And um, my desire is just to walk in the freedom that Christ has already paid for. And um, he's truly transformed me and set me free. And I just, before I end this podcast, I just want to say, you're walking in darkness I want to tell you that that God has showed his love to mankind and that while we were yet sinners he still loved us and it's the kindness of God that leads us to repent but it's the severity of God the the truth that we are going to be judged by God by by our deeds by the evil works or the good works we've done it's that that's what Paul wrote The kindness of God is paired with the severity of God. And 
I, I want my father to be pleased and I want to live according to the price that he paid. If he paid with his son's life and his blood so that he could declare me righteous and holy, then I'm going to live righteous and holy because that's who he says I am. That's what I've become. I've put off the old sinful nature. I've died to that. And now I walk in faith. I've been crucified with Christ, but the life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God. It used to be, it's no longer I who uh, sin, but sin that dwells in me. But now it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Two different realities that we can live in. So anyways, I'm going to cut it off right now, but I just want to encourage you guys that Jesus is real. He's king. He's amazing. He loves you guys. And I just pray that um, that he would reveal himself to you. And um, I just encourage you to seek the truth, seek Christ. If you're a believer, just stand firm in the faith and continue pursuing God. Don't let any stronghold or human human um, like wisdom block you from knowing who God is. Human wisdom or a stronghold, don't let those things kind of get in the way of who God is because a lot of times our human thinking can be an obstacle. So um, I just encourage you believers to live by the Spirit. And I encourage any unbeliever, anyone that's a seeker of the truth, anyone that's listened to this whole thing all the way through, that the door is open for you to enter into the kingdom of God, but it requires that you die to the image that you're bearing right now, knowing that God will raise you up and make you completely new and declare you righteous and holy and blameless in his eyes and give you the power to walk in the newness of life, bearing the image of God, which is the glory of God. It's the manifest, expressed power of God is the glory of God. And that image is Jesus. We were created to be like Jesus. So be like him. Put off the old image. Deny yourself. Follow Jesus. And I know that not everyone's going to follow Jesus. Jesus said, not everyone can be my disciple. But I just want you guys to know it's possible. It's real. It's what he's done in my life. It's who I'm living for. And um, yeah. But in future videos, future podcasts, I hope to encourage you guys more with some more depth on certain topics, certain topics about church history, certain topics about books that I've read, but also just practical understanding of walking by the spirit, walking in faith, living a life of faith in a world that doesn't know God. Um, and it's all to be an encouragement, all to help you and um, help you walk upright, walk in the light, um, to walk in the identity that God has created you to walk in since the foundation of the world. But anyways, I hope this video encouraged you. I hope this podcast encouraged you. I need to pick one. I don't know if it's a podcast or a video, but it's a podcast. But I just keep saying video because I'm uploading it to YouTube. But anyways, God bless you guys. Love you guys. I hope you're encouraged. And just continue to pray that God would give give wisdom to me to help just make podcasts and make videos. And um, that it would be for his will and his glory. But yeah, if anyone has, if this video encouraged you, leave a comment comment something that was like a highlight uh, that you really liked in this video, comment something that you would like me to speak about or talk about, and um, like this video, share this video, like please subscribe to this channel because I'm going to continue talking about things like this. It won't be the exact same each time. I hope to be entertaining, funny, but also serious and, and to the point, you know, I want to be, I want to speak the truth, but I also want you to realize that the truth is full of life and joy and peace and goodness. So, but anyways, thanks for listening, you guys. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again. So God bless you.